You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Palm Sunday, you know, about 200 years before the time of Jesus, there was a leader of the Jewish people whose name was Simon. He's one of the, fa- the of the family of the Maccabees. And 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 Simon Maccabeus uh, led this this revolt, led this 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 uh, time of cleansing uh, when the these the enemies of the the people, the enemies of Israel, um, the enemies of the Jewish people, the Seleucids, had uh, held them in, in in like slavery for a while. This is before the Roman Empire, and uh, he led them to this victory, and and they celebrated by riding into riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, and the people went into to to celebrate, and they were waving palm branches and and had this parade basically and the story goes that that he he said this this should be remembered this should this should be celebrated every year at this time and so you fast forward about 200 years to Jesus and and apparently this had been a part of the culture for a couple of hundred years at least that's the story and Jesus rides into town on a donkey and Palm Sunday is about, you know, they wave the palm branches and the people are shouting Hosanna, which literally means save now. And and Jesus, you know, takes this parade that has been a part of the culture for 200 years, celebrating something that happened in the past. And Jesus flips the script and said, and basically saying, this isn't about what happened. <clears throat> This is about what is happening. This is about love. And love had come to town. And when love comes to town, there is great hope. Palm Sunday is not just a celebration and a parade of, of an event that happened uh, years and centuries ago. But it is a celebration that there is great hope when love comes to town. How have you experienced great hope in your own life? See, hope, hope is our theme, and as we seek to find ways to counter this pandemic of hopelessness, uh, we've been discovering that, that love is the answer. How do we have hope in the time of hopelessness? Love is the answer. So we're in 1 John, and today we're in chapter 4. We've been going chapter by chapter, leading us up to our celebration of the resurrection on Easter Sunday next next week. And this week we're in chapter 4. And, and, and f- so 1 John 4, if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to, to grab it and turn there and, and so you can read along with us here. John, First John, it's a letter written by John, who's a disciple, very close friend of Jesus, written to the followers of Jesus about 60 years or so after this Palm Sunday that's celebrated, after the resurrection, and, and, it's, and it's written to encourage these followers of Christ to remain faithful, to, to, remain, to keep their hope in Jesus. And, and, and we find, as we have been reading through this letter, that through this ancient charge to these people to keep hope, to, to let hope uh, remain, that hope actually wins, we can find the same hope for our lives today. So let's read First John chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them and see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus came in real body, and that person that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. 
But you belong to God. My dear children, you have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world. So, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, but the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and who and those who know God, and those who know God listens to us. If they do not belong to God, they don't listen to us. That is how we know it's someone is the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Our love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God loved, God showed how much he loved us by sending us his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of, the, of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And we live in God. Our love grows. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. And we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person's a liar. But for, for if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And, and he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So here's our big idea. Living close to God increases your love for others. And this love results in victorious hope. How do we have hope? Here it is. Living close to God increases your love for others. And this love results in victorious hope. Now I want to spend a, a couple of minutes on some thoughts, kind of building on this big idea. And the first thought is this. Words and actions matter. Okay? Words and actions matter. Scandal has become too much of a regularity for us. I mean, respected church leaders and popular preachers have been outed for not practicing what they preach. And we believe in grace and we believe in forgiveness, but we also believe in holiness and accountability. They say actions speak louder than words. Is that true? <laughs> John says, don't believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Test the spirits and see if they come from God. We need to follow John's advice to test the true spirits by which people speak. Uh, are they speaking cynically or are they speaking lovingly? It's, it's, it's a question of content, actually. Does, does the message encourage you to worship and obey God or does it lead to idolatry? Because, because idolatry is anything you set up as a God. You either worship and obey God or you're living in idolatry. The question... It's not, does it feel right? The question is, does it line up with Jesus? John doesn't depict here like the Antichrist as he talks about it here. It's not about 
it's about does it line up with Jesus? He doesn't depict the Antichrist as a person to emerge in the future to bring about some new world order, but as the spirit behind every philosophy that denies Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. See, truth he talks about. Truth is not whatever the current popular opinion is, but but truth is defined by the character of God. So so it seems like John gets how difficult this can be. It's almost like he's he's giving a pep talk to keep on keeping on. Just just not uh, not just live closely to victory, but walk in the victory, walk victoriously, not in arrogance or superiority, but in faith in Jesus. And sometimes it's hard to be an overcomer. Sometimes it's hard to to to, to go forward here. But it, it, it's discouraging when 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 people we know and and love trade the truth for a lie. We can we can feel like. We're not making any progress, but we, but we long to make a difference. So God says if we're overcomers, not because of how popular or unpopular our message is, but because of the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And so your words and your actions matter. The love of Jesus fills your life. And this love is the deepest life experience. Recently, we had... Uh, Far too recently for me, it's actually about two months ago almost now, but we had this snow day. And, uh, and following the snow day, uh, a week later, we had an ice storm, which was horrible. But on the snow day, my sons Jericho and Nile and I, they're 10 and 9, and we were outside. And I don't like snow, and I hate cold weather, but but I'd go outside and play in it with my kids. Cause we, had, we were having a blast. And we built a snowman together. And these kids, growing up in, in the south don't have a lot of experience in snowmans and so and snow snowmans snowmen and so we built this snowman and we had a great time and and it was just one of these times it was a, it was a deep life experience for me I, I, and i hope that's something that they'll remember the moment that we built a snowman um you know I, I, you've had moments like this right like a deep life experience what is a deep life experience that, that you just have to share with others? Because in this moment, well, we did. I, we took a selfie with the snowman. And, of course, I, I shared it. I shared it all over uh, uh, my social media feed because I wanted to share this deep life experience, this moment. It's, it, it is it's such a moment. It's such a moment. You just can't keep it to yourself. Well, see, this is what the love of Christ is for us. It's a deep life experience you just can't keep to yourself. Love is the deepest life experience. It's so deep that John equates this love with knowing God and being a child of God. He says in verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And then in verse 10, he says this authentic love, this is authentic love at its deepest. Not that we love God, but that God loves us and sent Jesus as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So what does God's love look like? God's love looks like Jesus. That's it. You look at Jesus, you'll see God's love. What had been going on in the life of John, the writer of this letter? Well, man, he was fishing one day with his brother James, and, and this rabbi named Jesus comes up and says, follow me. And for about three years, John and the other disciples literally followed Jesus' footsteps, experiencing the love of God in the deepest ways. The teachings, the healings, the miracles, the, the standing up to toxic politics and religion of his day, the, the welcoming arms to the least of these. What John experienced was the love of Jesus. This love that Jesus said, and John recorded it in John thirteen thirty four. Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And for John, this, this love of Jesus, 
It was the deepest life experience, and he was compelled to share it with the world. I mean, look back at how he started this journey of, of hope. In 1 John 1, 3, we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Among all the miracles and everything that John had experienced in his life, the most profound thing that he experienced was God's love. Here in verse 11, he says, Since God loved us so much, we surely ought to love each other. Things get even more interesting. When you take a deeper look at the, at the, at, at the word love, because this was originally written in Greek, and the Greek word here is agape. And, it, and, this, and literally, this, this, this um, uh, tense of agape means love feast. <laughs> love feast. We looked at the word agapeo, which is a form of agape, uh, recently, and, and we looked at how that meant much love. Well, this, this is the same root word, agape, but it means love, feast. So think of a feast. You think a feasting is about much, right? So we, re- we receive and we share God's love with one another the same way we would share a meal uh, with, a, with a feast. Not just a snack, but a feast. Agape means this is a love feast, and there's a seat at the table for you. John continues on in verse 16, God is love, and, and, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. When I live in a daily encounter with God's love, I find my love increasing all the time. They, they say you become like who you spend time with. The closer you get to someone, the more you care about what they care about, the more you become like them in some ways. And, and I've even read this. Greatness is contagious. <laughs> so if you hang around greatness, it'll rub off on you. I want to hang around Jesus. <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to be in a relationship with love, so that love can rub off on me. The love of Jesus is so great that that when you encounter it daily, you find yourself becoming more like Him, valuing what He values and acting as He would act. A deeper encounter with God's deepest love leads you to become more selfless. So I'll get asked questions like, well, how can I encounter God? How can I go deeper in my faith? How do I, how do I draw closer to God? And it isn't as complicated as we tend to think it is. And there's not like, no, like, here's the formula. The only thing that can stop me from getting closer to God is me. In, a culture, uh, in the culture of Jesus, the most intimate moments took place when sharing a meal together. God is eager to share a love feast with you. You just have to open the door. And I can hear Jesus singing, let my love open the door to your heart. You know that song, right? (laughs) Encountering God's love is profoundly deep. And as we experience this deeper love, we find that this love expels fear with hope. Love expels fear with hope. There's a lot of things you can fear, right? I mean, people, I, I know a lot of people have a fear of spiders. I don't necessarily like spiders myself. People have fear of them. Or, or clowns. I have, I have a friend, uh, man, she, Danielle, and she is, she is afraid of clowns. Like, literally, can't even look at a picture. Doesn't even like you to say the word clown. Some people are, are I mean, people are afraid of, of, uh, of public speaking. That's usually, it's like at the top of the list of what people fear the most is public speaking. Um, we fear, we have a lot of fears. What, what effect does fear have on us? What, what do you think fear does to our ability to love? Well, such love has no fear. This is verse 18. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. What does fear have to do with love? Nothing. 
Most of us want to, to, to love others and have hope, but we can find our, our love hindered because of fear. fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear will be hurt or disappointed, fear of the unknown, fear of so many things. Hebrews 13, 6 says, So we can, we can with confidence say, Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Get that? So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? So where there is agape, the deepest love, the love feasts, the love of God, fear is expelled and replaced by hope. Not suspended, expelled. You know the difference, right? Because there's a difference. In school, uh, I knew several people who got suspended. <laughs> they, they had to leave for a time, but they, but they would be allowed to return after a while. But there was just a couple of times when I knew someone who got expelled. And expelled meant they ain't coming back. God's love doesn't suspend your fears. God's love expels them. These, those fears aren't allowed here anymore. <laughs> this word expels in Greek the word is balo and it means to throw out his dung like like dung you know what you know that is right <laughs> poop is to throw it out like like it's dung it's waste that's how it is with God's love and our fears that's what all our fears are like up against agape dung fear can keep us from loving one another and the love of Jesus comes in and says what is this crap <laughs> and replaces them with authentic hope he wants to replace the fears that you and I have with authentic hope and he does it when we walk in this relationship with him it's fear that leads to misunderstanding between people and hate so the, so the bottom so the bottom line here is this in verse 20 if someone says i love god but but hates his brother that person's a liar if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? That's, that's it. Bottom line it. When you start loving, you stop fearing. And when you don't fear people, you stop competing with them. And you stop trying to get them to notice you. And you stop depending on them to make you feel good. And here's the thing. We can only give what we have. <laughs> when we encounter this love of God, we become more and more loving. And, and we can love because we are loved. We, want, we, we all want to give love, but you can only give what you have. Living close to God increases your love for others. And this results in victorious hope. And hope wins. All right. So I would encourage you to take this next step. Very specifically this week. Pick up the scripture. Pick up the Bible. And read the next chapter. 1 John chapter 5. Read 1 John 5 and prepare your heart. For the hope of the resurrection. Let 1 John 5 sit with you and rest in you this week. And let those words and the spirit in those words resonate with you and guide you. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for our time together today. Thank you for this ancient letter which brings us hope. And we pray, Lord that you would fill us with hope and make us hope for others, and that we could walk in this victorious hope, that we know that hope wins. And so, Lord, we want to walk in your love. We want to share in this love feast. We thank you that you invite us and that there is a room at your table for every one of us. And, Lord, we come before you, and maybe right now, Lord, we are confessing, for, for we have a fear. There's a fear of something in our life. There's some fear we have that is, that is, that is a, a, a hindrance to our relationship with you. And so, Lord, we're praying for right now, Lord, you to come in with your love and expel that fear and replace it with your hope. Thank you. Thank you right now, Lord, that you are doing this. And in Jesus' name, we claim it that we can walk in hope because we walk in love. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.